Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and we're riding solo, which it feels like possibly for the entire state playoffs, but the show must go on. We had the Sweet 16 GHSA Girls Basketball. If you stuck with me for the first round preview and prediction podcast, you know we did three hours worth. I don't think we're going to do three hours worth this week, hopefully not for my own sake, but we have a lot of action to talk about, very interesting stuff. If you're keeping score at home, I did select 115 out of 128 girls games correctly for a cool 90%, so I have not yet embarrassed myself too much. I might have picked a state champion. Um... To win it all, that loss in the first round, but we will touch on that when we get there. But with that being said, let's just dive right into it. We have Class 7A to open up the podcast as usual. Let's get into it. A quick overview before we break down the game. Region 1, I said it's not a very strong region. Region 1 was swept away by Region 4. Um, no huge surprise there if you've been following the state rankings or just following what's been going on all season long in the state of Georgia. Uh, but Parkview, who was a Region 4 number 3 seed, it was a close one. They went down to Colquitt County, 58-57, came out alive. And now they have Marietta, who they didn't really impress against a 4 seed. Pebblebrook, who was just 9-16, and took a Chloe Sterling three-pointer uh, at the buzzer, from what I was told, to survive Pebblebrook, but that is why we call it the February frenzy. Throw all records and rankings out the window. Just got to be better for 32 minutes, sometimes 36 if you're playing four-minute overtimes. But Parkview versus Marietta, um, both teams, like I said, didn't look fantastic in their first-round matchups. Everything gets a lot tougher in the state playoffs. I think a big matchup inside is going to be Susie Nagolfat going to Samford. What does Marietta have to slow her down inside if Parkview is able to uh, establish her? And, you know, Lauren Walker does have length at six foot two, but she's not necessarily a, a physical bruiser inside. More of a combo four that can float out to the perimeter, at least on offense. Defensively, yes, she can alter shots and block some shots, but. And the golf is going to have a lot of weight on her, and I think she might be able to move her out of the way. So that is an area of concern if I am Marietta. How do I keep Susie off the glass, and who do I use to defend her on post-up opportunities? Um, other than that, if you're Parkview, I'm worried about Chloe Sterling. How do I keep her out of the paint? How do I make sure she doesn't start facilitating to MJ Harris and Lauren Nelson and um, Lauren Walker, of course? How do I keep her in check? I don't want her getting out and running because I know she's a great decision maker and she can score from multiple levels. Who am I using to slow her down? I think you got to cut off the head of the snake, and that would be Sterling. She is the one that makes Marietta go. I think uh, Jose Baker is a, a, a good good defender, um, so I think she will draw that assignment possibly. I think Lily Hart is a, a key player on the wing. Um, you know, just looking at that Lily Hart versus MJ Harris matchup, I think Harris is quicker, uh, but I do think Hart has that jump shot locked in. So I think there's a lot of good individual matchups here. Um, I'm going to stick with what I picked originally, and that would be Parkview. Um, they're going on the road. 
at Marietta. I think it's going to be tough, but I think Susie inside with her physicality, I think that's going to be a key piece here. And I'm looking at Nadia McCown to knock down some threes for Parkview to stretch out that Marietta defense. And they have Parkview advancing on to the next round. Next up, uh, we take a look at Norcross versus Cherokee. If you listen to our previous podcast, I was going back and forth with Norcross and West Forsyth. And I decided to go at Norcross. It just felt like they had a little more depth. And, um, you know, it paid off. Uh, Zariah Hurston had a big game. Um, really hurt West Forsyth with her length and athleticism around the rim. They won 50-40. to And then Cherokee steamrolled Mill Creek 55-19. I have Cherokee in this one. Again, I just don't know what they have as far as a big body. I know they have some length, but Kate Johnson's a whole nother animal at six foot three and just a brick wall and scores so well, has such good hands inside for Cherokee. I think she's going to cause a lot of issues like she's done her entire career. Caroline Carl's a very good outside shooter. Lily Griffith, uh, a, a solid guard. Presley Clark and get after it defensively on the perimeter. So I think Norcross is, is going to be up against it. I think it's going to be a pretty good game Mariah Baltiera again the region 7 player of the year playing with a broken hand this year he just picked up a Clark Atlanta offer I believe so she's been gutting it out all season long not at 100 percent um I think she's going to have to really distribute well uh, get Janiah Aikens the ball and a couple other girls uh, but I do think Cherokee at Cherokee Cherokee has proven to be one of those top four programs in the state the past few years and I think that's going to continue and they're going to move on to the Elite Eight Bottom left-hand side, Discovery fell in overtime to South Forsyth, 53-50, a very close game. And they're going to have to play, South Forsyth that is, Collins Hill, who took care of business, 71-42 against Etowah. I love South Forsyth, Sharon Tolliver, really good shooter, came up big in this last round. You know, you got a couple other girls, you got Ava McLaughlin, who could... You know, I, I want to see what she does with Sasha Washington inside. Two two big bodies banging down low. A, a veteran versus a younger player. That will be a, a good experience for McLaughlin. Um, and then Claire Morris, Maggie Thompson on the perimeter. They play pretty good defense. But Collins Hill, too much firepower. Eden Sample, uh, Anisha Malone. You know, the list goes on and on and on. I'm not going to name every single player on that roster. But Collins Hill, they're on a mission this year. I think they're just going to be a little too good. A little too senior laden, a little too experienced. They're going to beat South Forsyth, and I think it's going to be by double digits. Next up, the bottom left-hand side. Again, wrapping it up here, we have Grayson, Region 4, number 2. Scary team. They're just 12-10 and 10 overall now. They blew out Lowndes, another Region 1 game. Our team, 65-45. And they're going up against McKeegan, who took care of their rivals, Hillgrove, 84-32. Sneaky matchup here, sneaky matchup. Grayson has the talent. Grayson was a top 10 team to open up the season. They have as much talent as you know you can want outside of maybe a Collins Hill and maybe a McEachin, but they do have a ton of talent, this Grayson team. Um, Nadia Howard, the point guard going to South Alabama, she really runs the show. Uh, Talia Kemp can shoot from the outside. They have some length, Courtney Riddenberry. Uh, Soraya Henry, they they have some people now, but I think McEachin's just been so good. Denim Shields was the region player of the year. You also have an All-American on that roster and Jillian Hollingshed. Um, Kaylin Ellis, one of the best three-point shooters in the state of Georgia. Christian Roach, a good little guard. Sianna Sanchez-Oliver going to Delaware State. So I just think McEachin, they're going to pull away from this game. I think Grayson might be able to keep it close for a while, but I just think McEachin, they're, they're too loaded. 
Phil's Arthur loaded her roster for a state title run, not for a sweet 16 run. And for that reason, I just think McEachern's going to have a little too much. I think Jill Hollingshed is just going to be very difficult to stop inside. The top right-hand side, Woodstock handled North Gwinnett 65-48. Now the two-seat out of Region 5 gets Region 7 number one Archer, who beat Denmark 53-39. This will be a, a, a good matchup here. I think Archer is going to be more physical than Woodstock. Savannah Casey for Woodstock, you know, about 6'2", 6'3", Georgia College. But she does tend to float to the perimeter a little bit more. She can score inside some but I do think she's a little bit more comfortable on the face-up game and stretching it out now she can block shots and she is a pretty good rebounder but she's going to have to be banging inside with Maya Jackson who will bring the fight to her it's a big strong body going to Columbus State Tyland uh, Smith also another big physical presence inside that coach Danny Wright can uh, use to her disposal Um, you're talking about Casey Nelson she had a really good game uh, in that region championship, uh, only about five three five four, but that's a good guard that's really quick, gets into the lane, flips up those floaters, and then Tanaya McGowan, who's going to be a mismatch problem for Woodstock at about five ten five eleven, very strong sophomore inside out, hits the glass hard, um, just a, a, a well rounded score. Now, of course, Archer's going to have to deal with Bridget Utberger. I think it just comes down to don't let her go absolutely crazy. You know, she's going to get her twenty points. And she's going to set up all her teammates. Um, but you just have to know where she is at all times. I think they're going to have a pretty good game plan as far as to um, trying to get physical with her possibly and just making sure um, she doesn't get too many clean looks. Make her an outside shooter. Even though she has shot the ball pretty well from deep this year, sometimes she can be a little bit streaky. Um, but, that, I mean, that's just my philosophy in anything. I'd rather have someone shooting from 25 feet than from 2 feet. Um, but she is really, really good. They're going to have to count for her. And then Carson Martin, I want to see what she does. That's a girl that knows how to score the ball as a sophomore. I know she likes to get to the basket, and she can really shoot from the mid-range and beyond the arc. I want to see what she does defensively. She's going to be challenged defensively. Can she move her feet? Can she keep Archer's um, guards in front of her? I think it's going to be a good game, but I do think Archer, with a little bit more toughness, a little bit more depth, a little bit more to choose from, I think Archer wins in a close one. Next up, we have North Paulding, the two-seed out of Region 3. They took care of East Coweta, 62-43. Handled that athleticism and that press. Not a big issue. Going up against Newton, the four-seed, who we said was going to upset Tiff County, and they did so 50-38. Now, Newton versus North Paulding. I think Newton will have the better guards in this one, but... I know North Paulding, they were just a little bit too big in their first round matchup uh, with Aaliyah Washington, Taylor Cullinan going to Alabama, of course. Um, When she plays really well, she's really tough, and that's a mismatch problem. And you're talking about a Newton team that just isn't necessarily super strong up the middle with height and size and, you know, at least from an offensive standpoint, they're not going to get a whole lot from their post players. I think North Paulding, they play good defense. I think Speedy Oliveira has enough foot speed to get in the way of some of these Newton guards and make it a little bit tougher. Carolina Raz, I don't know, I mentioned her in the first podcast, a good defender as well. I think North Paulding's just going to have a little bit more of a balanced team, and North Paulding has seen some really good programs throughout the year, but as has Newton. I mean, Newton's coming out of a very tough uh, region for him. We said, uh, you know, they're they're 7-10 and 10 now. I think all 10 losses were to ranked teams. I'm going with North Paulding because I picked them 
to start in our first podcast. I think that size inside, I think their guard play is going to be just good enough to make sure um, the Rams don't go crazy. So I'm going with North Paulding, sticking with my original pick. Next up, we have Campbell, the two seed out of Region 2. They survived a scare. We said Harrison could be a really tough three seed with how well they shoot the three-point shot. Campbell escaped 48-44. Doesn't get any easier as Brookwood picked up a 61-37 win over Camden County. Good guard play in this one, but I'm going with the team with the best guard on the floor, Diana Collins. She's so good. Now, Campbell's going to bring the fight. They're going to press, press, press. But if that press, 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 you know, if Harrison was able to handle it and they only beat Harrison by four points, uh, I think Brookwood might be able to really get some open looks over top and beat that and get some diagonal looks and and get some layups in transition. And again, Diana Collins, I think she's uh, she's so good. She just carries the load, makes everybody around her that much better. And with her... Uh, and a couple other really key pieces on that roster that knock down shots when needed. I think Brookwood advances to the next round. And lastly, to finish up Class 7A, we're talking about the one game I picked wrong. In the one game I said it's a complete toss-up. Not 100% sure. Not super confident in my pick. I know it's always bulletin board material. Coach Wade even told me, so I appreciate him listening, and I appreciate him tuning in again for the Sweet 16 game. But Roswell, that doesn't, that's just not a huge overall surprise. That was a really good matchup against Peachtree Ridge. 50-47, to 47, they pulled it out. You know, as even Stevens as it comes between these two teams. And as I kind of went down that road when I was breaking down that game, uh, Earlier in the week, I was like, man, I kind of feel like I should pick Roswell for the reasons that, you know, Petrie Ridge's best player is a big post player, but you got Michaela Torrance that's going to shoot the three, and they're going to have some perimeter scores, and it's not like they're all predicated on going inside where Petrie Ridge can kind of shut that down. But I did go with Petrie Ridge, and Roswell outscored them 16-6 in that fourth quarter to take that win. Uh, Torrance had 14 points, Lanny Tibbetts 13, and Marin Klein 12, the three players we previewed. And you got eight points from Ashley Meyer, a sophomore that really did help out there. Um, so with that being said, we're, we're going up against North Forsyth, 52-28. They pulled away from Duluth. It was a low-scoring first half, but then they finally got things clicking. Um, I'm going to stick with my pick, of course. I'm going with North Forsyth, but I think Roswell's firepower will definitely challenge North Forsyth, but North Forsyth has done a good job of defending all season long, all, you know, what feels like for however long, past five, six years, they've always played really good defense and have had shooters on the perimeter. And a Gelada, uh, a very good outside shooter. I think Maddie Erickson will be an uh, important piece inside with her physicality around the rim. Halem Maddle. Um, Allie Jones, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. I just think North Forsyth is going to be able to win this game because I know they can win ugly, low-scoring games. Um, it's going to be close. I think Roswell's going to push them to the brink. But again, I have to pick against Roswell, and I have to go with North Forsyth and trust the rankings that have been in place all season, which you can never do this time of year. But I'm going to go ahead and do that anyway, and I'm going to stick with North Forsyth. So, with that being said, we have already taken care of region, actually class 7A. So, let's move on 
to class 6A as I take away these brackets and look at what we have next to preview. I'll take a sip of water and we'll look at class 6A where I was a perfect, wait, wait, four, one, two, three, four, four, eight, twelve, sixteen for sixteen. Every single game predicted correctly. If you listen to the podcast, our first round preview podcast, and you listen to me, you were right on the money. Every single game predicted correctly. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not too surprised with that, just for the simple fact that I said 6A has been locked in stone. Like, we haven't seen too many new teams cracking to the 6A polls in a pretty long time now. Like, that top 10 is the top 10. There's not a lot that's going to shake that up, especially in the first round. You're just not going to see that get shaken up like that. Um, so all those 6A favorites... They handled their business. Some might have handled it a little bit better than others, but at the end of the day, everyone won that I felt like was supposed to win. Um, So we'll start at this top left-hand side. Langston Hughes, the three-seed out of Region 4. They beat Houston County 45-30, and now they have a, um, a matchup with Rockdale. Rockdale beat Glen Academy 72-31. I mean, Rockdale's been playing exceptional basketball. I really like how they're playing Destiny Carnegie, the freshman with the Region Player Player of the Year honors. She's been, oh, well, Danielle Carnegie, pardon me, the freshman with Region Player of the Year honors. And then Destiny Carnegie, the three-point shooter, more of a veteran leader um, there. But this this Rockdale team is really good. They're not super flashy, but they play well. Elena Moore, again, I like her at about 5'8", 5'9", just plays tough. They play very good defense. Langston Hughes, though, Langston Hughes has a, a, a ton of talent. I mean, Tamia Stargell, Raven Thompson, Demisha Kane, um, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, Autumn Phillips is a really good guard that's going to play at the next level. Uh, I think, I want to say maybe at Augusta, um, but really good, really shifty. So they're going to be challenged, Rockdale, but I think Rockdale, their foundation and their defense is going to carry them in this game. Langston Hughes, like I said, I think Langston Hughes might have a little bit more individual talent between their top four or so, but not... Not to a glaring um, disparity where Rockdale can't match up. I just think Rockdale has that great synergy. Carnegie, Daniel Carnegie, region player of the year, like I said, she's just been so good, and she's going to get everyone in their sets. She's going to get people open shots, um, and they're just going to find a way, and I like Rockdale at home to eliminate a very, very good Langston Hughes team. And with that being said, you know, I think all these – Sweet 16 matchups are getting really, really good. And our next one is Sequoia, Region 7, number 2. They beat Pope 68-61. It was tight. They were not able to really pull away like I thought they could. And they're playing against Carrollton, who flipped the switch in the second half and blew past Lanier 68-33. I think Carrollton's going to give Sequoia a ton of problems um, with Damari Flournoy, I just don't know how Sequoia is going to be able to guard her if they do play man. Even if they do play zone, Carrollton can shoot the lights out. Akande Abasoy, I think she's going to cause problems. So you got two guards that can break Sequoia's guards down off the dribble. That's going to be challenging for Sequoia to defend. Um, um, Kanaya, uh, Kanasia Daniel, I'm butchering the name. Uh, sorry about that, folks. But she is so good as well. Um, I think she is going to have a really big game. Like I just worry about that alone. At about five foot ten, five foot eleven, um, Kanija Daniel. 
uh, who is going to match up with her. Sequoia is not as athletic as Carrollton. I think Aaron Jackson is going to be key for the Chiefs with her rebounding inside. And, of course, Ellie Blatchford, they go as she goes. She has to have a big game. She has to score. She has to facilitate. She has to rebound. And she has to defend with her length. Her length is the one thing that gives Sequoia an advantage up top defensively is how she can move. And she's got those long arms. And she can get into some passing lanes, could contest some shots pretty well. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's her and it's uh, Susanna Rogers in their passing. I think those two, they're going to have to get open looks for Sequoia with their passing. Maybe Deja Rakestra. Um, you know, I, I think she's back playing healthy. She's been on and off the court all season long. But maybe she comes in and gives them some energy and a spark. Um, but I do like Carrollton in this one. I just think Carrollton's just going to be way too quick. And their guard play is just at that elite level. And I think Carrollton will take care of business at home, which is going to be a tough environment to play in for the Chiefs. Next up, we're moving down to the left-hand side. Sprayberry got rid of Cambridge 76-63. And now they're playing Buford, who demolished Alexander 81-45. I like Buford in this one. After seeing Sprayberry play in the region championship, I just feel like I know Flauge Johnson is a great player. She obviously is, but she got into a lot of trouble with just driving way too deep into the teeth of the defense and turning the ball over or getting bailed out by foul calls. And not even foul calls as far as getting to the rack and going up for a layup. Just like they're digging in and they're knocking her hands away. Sometimes that might be called, sometimes it won't be called, and sometimes you might be playing a team that isn't going to foul you. And that just really scares me. If she tries to dribble through this press of Buford, I think you're looking at a game where she could have you know, she she could get her 25 points, she's, but she might have 8 to 10 turnovers to go with that because Buford is going to attack, attack, attack. If Sprayberry wins this game, it starts with Flauge, it starts with her protecting the ball, and it starts with her really establishing herself on offense and being the best player on the floor because she is the best player on the floor. She just has to make sure uh, that her and her teammates limit turnovers, don't let any live ball turnovers turn into points going the other way for Buford because we do know Buford feasts on that. Um, I'm looking at Stormy Brown, a good defender for Sprayberry. She's going to have to lock up with whoever they, you know, Kelly Avery six her on. Uh, she's a good defender. But Buford, you know, just death by a million paper cuts. Everyone can be out there and shooting the three. Sarah Vitti, Ava Grace Watson is their best player as far as getting to the basket and, you know, shooting the three. She can do a lot of things. Uh, uh, Shia Willis, I think she's going to distribute. Uh, I think if you're Sprayberry, you have to make sure you have someone um, that's quick enough to stay in front of her and you know kind of slow her down if you slow her down that might slow up Buford's uh, offense as far as not letting her get into the lane and really create and kick out the shooters um, but there's still a lot of players you got to worry about Tatum Osment um, a forward that can play inside and outside she's solid she goes for a lot of steals in that press um, just list player after player Blair Wallace I want to see if she can get hot and knock down some threes uh, I just think Sprayberry they have the advantage with Flauge and Anna Vereen. I think Anna Vereen could be a key piece in this one, but Tamori Planton does have some some physicality that Buford can throw her way. But if Buford eliminates second-chance opportunities, keeping Anna Vereen off the glass, and they keep Flauge Johnson out of the lane, or um, they're able to turn her over and turn over the rest of Sprayberry, and if the, if the Yellow Jackets can't get enough offensive production from elsewhere, I mean, I might, uh, Johnson's going to be key in this game, uh, as well as McDaniel. So, I, I do feel like we're looking at Buford winning this game. I'm interested to see if this is going to be a close game 
or if Buford's going to pull away and just get too many live ball turnovers. But either way, I think Buford advances and makes it to the Elite Eight. Now we have Lovejoy, who smacked Valdosta 60-25. to They will play Statesboro, who did the same with Heritage Conyers, 59-34. And I think this is a game that Statesboro's been waiting for. You know, one of many. Statesboro, obviously, they're, they're, they want to play for a state title, but... This is a big measuring stick game for them. They've had some nice wins throughout the year, but no, you know, wins against like these top, top programs that are, you know, bigger, you know, in that big classification. Now they beat teams in their region. Of course, they're 22 and 0. We know this is a good team and that win over Heritage is a, is a good win. It's a nice win, but Heritage, I mean, Rockdale was beating them by 40 points too. So it's not like this is something new for Heritage to run into a, a buzzsaw like that, but this is a huge game for Statesboro just to really see where they are at as a program. Lovejoy, we know where Lovejoy's at as a program. I know they're uh, in a little bit of rebuild, retool mode, you know, reload mode would probably be what you want to say about this team because they are still very, very good. Um, But this is a great opportunity for Statesboro to show the rest of the state what they can do. And they they have Lovejoy coming to them, so they got home court advantage. I'm looking for, um, it looks like Jemiah Jones, who's averaging over 10 points per game. She is going to have to be good in this one because Lovejoy is going to attack with her defense. Jemiah Jones versus Brianna Preston, that's going to be a good matchup, a good guard matchup. And then Lania Foster, who scored the ball exceptionally well for Lovejoy this year at about 11 points per game. You got those two, uh, but inside, I think inside could be where we see um, a really good battle. You got, um, looks like we have Layla Hood inside. Uh, Brianna Hardy is a big athletic post. Uh, what does Statesboro have inside? Well, they can counter. They might not be as athletic as they are inside, but Alyssa Staten, the freshman, she's about 6'3". She is a big body. She does take up space. She can put a body on them and block out and eliminate second chance opportunities. And I think Madison Lee, who's more of a wing, she's going to have to slide down defensively and really get on the glass. But she's an athletic six-foot wing that can do some things as well. So some interesting matchups. I think role players could be key. Uh, you're looking at Lovejoy, who has uh, Mariah Spain, who's been there for a long, long, long time. Um, you got Kiara Peterson as well. Some girls that have played in big games throughout their career. Um, Statesboro, they're going to counter Alexis Ward. Um, I think this is going to be a tough game. I'm going to go with Lovejoy just because I know Lovejoy has literally seen the pinnacle. They've seen Westlake. They've seen Langston Hughes. They've seen the best of the best. Statesboro hasn't quite done that yet. Now, that does not wipe away Statesboro and say they can't win this game. I think they definitely can win this game. But this definitely is a matchup I will have my eyes on super closely because if Statesboro wins this one, this means they're... They're legit. I mean, I don't think that no one's beating Westlake this year. I just can't foresee. But um, that puts you in the realm of the elite programs, especially in Class 6A. So, you know, that number one spot is, I don't know if anyone's going to go and take it away from Westlake, but you're talking about if you beat Lovejoy, you're a legit threat to at least play for a state championship this year. Um, So Statesboro, I think they're going to really bring it. Coach Holder is in a good job. Um I'm I'm just going to go with Lovejoy because I've seen more, but I think this game could go down to the wire. But again, a game that is probably the most interesting game in Class 6A by far uh, is Lovejoy uh, versus Statesboro at Statesboro.
We'll see what that long trip does to Lovejoy, but I know Coach King has had his girls ready for a long, long time, and they're going to try and climb the mountaintop again, but it will be difficult. To the right-hand side of the bracket, we have Rome, who blew past Aquila 68-42 versus River Ridge, who took care of Kennesaw Mountain 72-39. Good guard play in this one. I think Pinky Nation, uh, Trinacia Adams, they're going to be really, really important for Rome, but I think River Ridge with Matea Gale, I think she's going to be the best guard on the floor. I think they have that length with Allie Sweet, Sophia Reyes, a big body inside. Um, I think they're going to be enough. Chloe Bedora, um, Caroline Cavallaro, Lay, um, Codinero, all these names off the top of my head I'm trying to think of. That's a good group. They have seen some good teams, but Rome's pretty tough as well. I, I like River Ridge at home. Rome, now if Rome's knocking down those shots, if Adams is getting open looks from the three-point line, I think they have a chance in this one for sure. She can really fill it up, and they get her open looks, and she cashes them in. Um, I'm looking at Dakaria Daniel. I think she could be a really key piece at about 5'10", 5'11", inside, but she can step outside and shoot the three. But I just think River Ridge, they've been playing so well. They put up a lot of points against Kennesaw Mountain. I just think Matea Gale, she is an elite athlete, and she's just going to be able to run, 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 run. And I think River Ridge's defense is going to be good enough to stop Rome. So I'm going with River Ridge at home to advance to the Elite Eight. Next up, we have Grovetown, who we said, I think this is a good team. We found out Demaya Griffin, I believe it was an ACL tear. That is where she has been. I I prompted the question uh, to find out. Where is she? And I know they were losing a, you know, they were missing a key piece, and that's that was the missing piece. So that's why they were sitting at ten and said ten and seven heading into the region tournament, or in into the state tournament. Pardon me, but they take care of Richmond Hill, who was seventeen and six, fifty four thirty six. Grovetown now gets Lee County, who beat Lakeside DeKalb forty to thirty one. Lee County has had a really nice season. They've come on quite strong. Um, Tondra Davis, the coach of the year. Ja'Kalen Poole was the uh, co-player of the year in that region. Erica Irby, Kennedy Sneed, first-team picks. But they're going up against Grovetown, I do think. But Kiana Curtis, uh, Jada Porter, I believe she's been very, very good this year. I'm going to roll with Grovetown. That's who I picked to make the Elite Eight, so I'm going to stick with them. Um, I just think Grovetown with that, 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 that size and that good length at the guard position as well. I think they're going to have enough. I know it's going to be tough traveling to Lee County, but I'm going to stick with Grovetown. I just feel like, again, they've seen better teams throughout the year, and I think that's going to have them ready for an Elite Eight trip. Now we have Evans, who lost 39-68 to Brunswick. So we got Brunswick to the next round against Westlake, who won 85-30. Westlake wins this one going away. Now, of course, Brunswick, they do have size. They do have size. They do have size. They have some big bodies that can really get in there and uh, get after it. Michaela Brown going to Radford. Uh, very strong post presence. And then I believe it's uh, Shanae Jackson inside for Brunswick. I think she is a really big body. She's a double-double threat for sure. She's going to Potentially pose some issues, but not enough issues to even make this game close. We're talking about Westlake. We're talking about possibly the best team in the entire nation. Um, they have Raven Jackson. You don't. They have Tania Latson. You don't. They have Snoop Turnage, who's going to Virginia Tech at six foot two and just is a lockdown defender. And you don't. And Missy McKinney and Cynthia. Well, you know, it goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, 
we have Westlake winning this game very, very easily. And they move on to the Elite Eight as they await for their Season 2 officially start because I don't think it's going to start until they get to maybe the Final Four or the state championship because they're just that good. To finish up Class 6, I do think this game could be quite interesting. Habersham Central is a good team. They beat Douglas County 52-45, and now they play Kale, who kind of struggled with Creekview. I want to say it was like tied or very close at the half with Creekview, who does not have a lot of firepower, who was only 10-18. and 18. Um, Coach Donville had a great game plan for Kale, and they really held Crystal Henderson under wraps. You know, she didn't have a breakout game or anything. Jemiah Gregory was the one that really stepped up and led this Kale team, but Kale won 51 37, and now you're playing Habersham Central, who is exceptionally coached. I, I, you know, I've been told time and time again, this is one of the best coaches, um, not only in like that North Georgia type area, but one of the best coaches in the entire state who has been doing it for a very, very, very long time. And Coach William Bradley, he is very good. And he has a team that buys in. They run the flex offense. They have a new defense that they – um, you know, might be working at the kinks, getting ready for down the stretch. So you're looking at this Habersham team that will execute. They have Addie Pennick, uh, a solid guard, Taylor Wade, a team captain, a junior at five foot ten. They have some pieces. They're not going to stand out and you know scare you individually, but with how well they play, they've seen Buford. Of course, they've lost all three times. So you're looking at a team that's nineteen and five. Wipe three of those losses away because everyone's losing to Buford. They were undefeated. They're 25-0 currently. There are only two losses outside of that. Stevens County by 10 points, who is a good team. Smaller school, but still a good team. And Decula by five. You know, you it's that's a kind of a bad loss there in the grand scheme of things, but that is a team that had Lazaria Spearman. With that being said, Hamperton's going to come out with a very good defensive game plan. Kell is more talented. Uh, Crystal Henderson is going to have a field day if she's able to get to the lane and get open looks from the three-point line. I think uh, you're looking at uh, Amaya Moss, who I think had like 21 rebounds in the first round. She is so just subtly and just quietly so good for Kale. About 5'10", 5'11", thin build. She can step outside and shoot the three in the mid-range shot on occasion, but she just always crashes a glass. Like she's just a quiet demeanor out there, but goes about her work. She is infinitely important for Kel. Her and Jada, um, Jada Green, bringing that 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 rebounding and defense inside, both about five ten, five eleven. So they've been huge. Sylvia Cahoro knocks down the threes, but I do think Habersham is going to make this game interesting. I think Kel's going to pull it out because they have more talent. But I do think Habersham Central is going to make fans hold their breath for a little while before Kill finds a way to get to the Elite Eight. So that will wrap up Class 6A as we move on to Class 5A. And we will see what we have in 5A. Give me a second to take a sip of water and change my bracket. Class 5A, let's go to it. We have Coffee County beating Union Grove 57-53, riding that home court advantage. I think that probably played a bit of a role, helped them out in the close game. Always good to see your home fans cheering you on. They advance, but now they run into Woodward, who drilled Harris County 75-30. You won't dwell on this game too long. Uh, Woodward's way too good. 
Sydney Bowles, Sarah Lewis, name them, list them, Mackenzie Mooring, Kyle Lanier, they just, they're, they're too good. Woodward will win this game by double digits. Next, a very interesting game. Cass, 83-57 over Grady versus Southwest Cab, who beat Walnut Grove. I've seen differing scores. 77 to 3, 77-6, 77-30. I don't know. I haven't gotten clarification. I see a bunch of people saying it was three points, it was six points, it was 30 points. I would think it was probably 30 points and someone just left out the zero in their initial tweet and it just screwed everyone's mentals up. Don't know if it was 77 to 3, good lord. But I just I I don't think that was a score. I I wanna say it was 77 to 30. If anyone can give me clarification, take a picture of the scorebook, let me know. But either way, Southwest the Cab versus Cass. Southwest Cab is going to have the size advantage inside. Adriana Brownlee is a brick house. She's a load and she knows how to score with her back to the basket and does have good feet, as does Taylor Christmas, who is also about six foot one and very nimble footed and can stretch the floor and shoot the three and can take her man off the dribble and can score with her back to the basket. Those twin towers are really, really good. Yeah, and uh, Anaya Lee and a couple other uh, quality guards. Southwest Cab. A good team, of course, a very good team. Cass, you're looking at Cass. We're starting to see Cass. They're, they're playing some better teams. Cass hasn't played a phenomenal schedule. And I'm not saying Southwest Cab has played a phenomenal schedule, but they played a very, very good schedule. And Southwest Cab has played a better schedule than Cass because they did go out there and they did challenge themselves in the non-region. Cass, they beat a couple decent teams, but no teams where they're like big-time top 10 wins, battle-tested, okay, we beat... You know, we I don't know. We played like Forest Park or something. Just name a random, any top 10 team, anybody that's, you know, a higher classification team that's really good. They didn't really do that. And I think Cass can definitely win this game. I think Lundacia Smith's going to have to fly around and get her, her triple-double or double-double with steals, defense, press, and everything. But I think Southwest Cab is going to be able to handle that pressure. I think Claire Davis is going to be key. I know she's been banged up this year, but state playoff time, this is where Claire Davis has to be Claire Davis. The Claire Davis, where I think she's a top 10, top 15 player in the state of Georgia. She has to be big inside and use her versatility as a six foot, six foot one wing that can go inside and out, that can attack out the dribble, that can stretch for him, shoot the three and block shots and rebound and do everything. She's got to be that version of Claire Davis if they want to beat Southwest Cab because it will be a hostile environment. Um, I know the cab is kind of up and down with, with them fans in the in the gym, but just going into the, the jungle. I mean, the those yellow walls, it's it's very different. The Panthers, you know, den, whatever they call it, the jungle, a lot of a lot of unique stuff that can catch your eye in there. And Cass has to be ready to be playing in a very difficult difficult gym. I think I'm going with Southwest to Cab. I just I know Southwest to Cab is a proven team that has been there, done that before. They might not have been there, done that with this roster before. I would have to go back and look and see exactly what they did in years past. Um, but I know Southwest Cab has won state titles before. It's something that they are accustomed to. Cass has not really been there. This is you know their first really talented big-time team in quite a while. Um, so they don't really have much to draw from as far as that goes. Uh, so I think Southwest Cab wins this game. Uh, I think they'll find a way. I think it's going to be a really good game with that being said. But I do think Southwest Cab just a little too tough, and I think the big girls inside are just going to cause uh, a lot of problems 
um, for Coach Burt Jackson to deal with. So I'm going with Southwest Cab in a, in a, in a, in a good game. Bottom left-hand side, Maynard Jackson beat Calhoun 66-48, and now they play Loganville, who beat Decatur 47-23. Maynard Jackson, they definitely have the talent. They definitely have the talent. I think they could be a team that is very scary. Um, you know, they were ranked very highly throughout the year. When they got that win over Kell, that really opened my eyes to them. I knew they had talent, but, you know, really looking back at Jackson, I, I mean, you'd have to dig up through the archives, but Jackson has been a team that has always dominated the region, and then they lose in, like, the second round. It just hasn't, haven't really put together a, a great uh, state playoff run. They might be, like, 2-3 and three or 3-2 three and two the past couple years in the state playoffs. It just hasn't really taken a deep trip. Xavier Dyer... Um, you know, you're looking at Kristen Jusen, Patsy Mosley. They got a couple good players over there. Some good, talented size. Talia Cornish is a good freshman guard. I think Loganville, they do have the size that can compete with them. With Janae Charles, Rosebone going to Lenore Ryan, Sydney Bolden growing as a, a playmaker. I'm going with Loganville in this game. They have them at home. I think Loganville's defense... And they they've seen some good teams. I mean, they 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 beat Greenbrier for that that championship, and we see we'll talk about in just a second how good Greenbrier looked in their first round matchup. But I do think there's going to be a lot of talent on the floor. But I am going to have to go with Loganville in this one. Going to be close, but I think um, they're just going to have enough. I think Amaya Lewis could have a, a, a important piece in this game. You know, the freshman, not a big offensive threat, but six three can at least alter shots and grab a few rebounds. So I'm going with Loganville. Next up, Eagles landing 37-23 over Wayne County versus Griffin, who beat Jonesboro 59-39. Going with Griffin here. think Samaya Puckett versus Kayla Stafford inside will be a good matchup, but I think Puckett's just going to be um, too big, too strong. Eagles landing, of course, they did have their, their true post presence. Um, fracture her arm, fracture her elbow in that region championship against Dutchtown, so that really hurts as far as just having big bodies to throw at Griffin, a team that does have length. Nadia Byard. Really long, good defensive player. And then Leah Turner can shoot from the outside. Uh, and Leah Duranham. But uh, I'm going to go with Griffin in this one. I just don't think Eagles Landing has enough firepower outside of Monet, Florence, and uh, Stafford. Uh, so I'm going to go with Griffin. And I think Griffin's going to be able to move on to the next round. Top right-hand side. St. Pius beat Clark Central 52-24. And Hiram beat Lithius Ring 64-32. And these are two different teams. St. Pius, very good defensively. They're efficient on offense. They can get the ball inside to Kate McBride, who's had a really good year. I think they got Kelly Stevenson has had a really nice season as well. So they have some players that have played very, very good throughout the year. But you're talking about Hiram. I'm telling you, Hiram is so athletic. Amani Smith, waxing poetic poetic about her i did that in the last podcast but i just think she's a game breaker with her length her speed her defense her offense her slashing her three-point shooting her passing i think she's a complete package you add an ariel owens who is an inside threat that can space people out to the three-point line she's very skilled um sydney jones is a bruiser inside so you got sydney jones battling kate mcbride for rebound so where kate mcbride has been a, a very strong rebounder i think she might be running up against a a very tough opponent with Sydney Jones who can match her physicality inside as far as blocking out and rebounding. I think Hiram's just going to have a few more bullets in the chamber, and I think they're going to be able to pull out a gutsy one over St. Pius. 
Next up, Forest Park, 81-37 over Northside Columbus versus Warner Robins, who beat Jones County again for the third time, 49-34. I think Forest Park will win this one. Warner Robins not going to have enough to stop down um, or slow down Sanaya Fagan, All-American. Then you have Olympia Cheney going to UT Arlington and Jada Brown and, you know, continue to list them and list them and list them. Um, Jalissa Knowles, so a lot of good guards surrounding Sanaya Fagan. Jiggy Stevens uh, going to Presbyterian at six foot inside out threat. Forest Park wins this one. Next up, bottom right hand side, we have McIntosh who beat Monday's Mill 43 25. And they are going up against Dutchtown who wore down Ware County 70 43. I think McIntosh has played very, very well this year. I think they're going to be able to stick around, but I think Page Lines, again, Going to Eastern Carolina, going to be the difference. East Carolina, the difference maker, just with her ability to create off the dribble, her speed gets to her left hand, gets to her right hand, really fast, turns corners, play makes for others. You add her with Jade Anderson, who's had a good season, Adija James. The list goes on and on. I like this Dutchtown team to move past McIntosh. I just think you have the best player on the floor, and when you have the best player on the floor, and especially when that best player is a point guard and controls all the action. I think you're in good shape, and that's why I like Dutchtown to make it to the Elite Eight. Next up, we have Greenbrier, 81-41, pounded 16-5 ML King. They play New Manchester, who beat Cartersville, 63-31. This is, again, I guess I'm going to continue to go on with uh, my original pick here was, was New Manchester, but Greenbrier, that was a very impressive win. You know, Trinity Bear was a good guard. Brooklyn Begley leading that team in scoring. They got some size around the rim. Um, Chris Richardson, I think that is the X factor, of course, for New Manchester. Who is going to guard her? She is, a again, an inside-out threat, a bulldozer, rebounds, shoots a three when needed. Uh, you add in Cameron Bates and a, a couple other really good guards. This is a good team. This is a good New Manchester team. They have them at home. That's a, quite the trip. Coming from Augusta, I think it's going to be a really, really, really good close game, a nip and tuck game. If New Manchester wins, I think it's going to be close. And I just think, again, I'm going with Carissa Richardson. She's the best player on the floor. And I think New Manchester has enough around her to support her, especially from the guard position, to be able to handle Greenbrier and take care of business in a very good game. So... We are already through Class 5A. This doesn't look like it's going to be a three-hour podcast. I know you are very excited because if I'm excited, you must be quite excited as well. But we will shift it over to Class 4A. And in 4A, oh boy, yeah, we're going to we're gonna talk about the elephant in the room in just a second. Um, and we'll shoot. Let's might as well address it right now. Region 5. I'm looking at you, Region 5. Did not play a region tournament. And you know what else they did not do? They did not win a game in the first round. Got to play region tournaments, folks. And that is tough because you have the, I wouldn't say heavy favorite, but a very strong favorite who was ranked number one in the state to win it all. Luella bounced in the first round. And as I did say, Cedar Shoals, very tough four seed, but no way by any means did I pick um, them to advance to the next round over Luella. But yes, we're looking at region that did not play a region tournament. 
and Region 5 crapped the bed, and they were blown out in every single game except that Luella heartbreaking loss. So very, very interesting. I know going into this, we talk about what's it going to look like as far as is it a benefit, is it a detractor? Are these girls going to be rusty? Are they going to be fresh? I think we have our first answer, at least in Class 4A girls. But let's start with the top left-hand side, which, good gracious, this, man. You compare the top left-hand side to the bottom left-hand quadrant, oh, boy. Oh, boy. I mean, that is, you got Spalding's rank, but Spalding without Narai Slade, and I think they're limited as far as how far they can go. But that top left-hand side, anyone can make it out of there now. There's there's not a lot there. Spalding, I mean, they only beat Doherty. 42-38, 42-38, and now they're playing Kendrick, who, the four seed, who we did per, uh, correctly predict to beat Jenkins, 52-34. I think that could be somewhat of a close game. I think Kendrick is now, you know, they got that win under the belt, and that is a team, as I said, that I felt like could be a top 10 contender heading into the year. So that's going to be a, uh, an interesting game, but I'm just looking at this top left-hand side. I said one of these teams is going to play for the Final Four. Goodness gracious, and they're going to either see a Jefferson, Arabia Mountain, or Carver-Columbus. That could be ugly, possibly, in the Final Four, but it is February frenzy. You never know what happens. And again, with that being said, Spalding versus Kendrick. I'm going to go with my original pick. I'm going with Spalding. Um, I just think uh, Kirsten Milner is a good, solid guard. Alicia Thread inside. Is a, is a solid post presence that can take her opponents off the dribble. She loves to drive. And I think they're going to be able to beat Mercedes Sistrunk and the rest of Kendrick. But I think it could be a very close game. Next up, Northwest Whitfield 41, Jewett Hills 22. Uh, um, I said I just I think Northwest Whitfield at home is going to be tough. They're going to have shooters, Mackenzie Bruckner, a couple other gals over there. Druid Hills, you just you never know. They're Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. You never know what you're going to get with that team, and we did not get a good version of them at Northwest Whitfield. And now you have uh, Cedar Schultz, who beat Luella 51-50. to A huge upset, the biggest upset, boys or girls, across the state of Georgia. Um, by far, that was a huge upset. Um, and you got to give them all the credit in the world. Again, we said that's a really good four seed. They have had some really good wins throughout the year, um, and they got the job done. Skylar Lattimore put up 19 points, and, geez, Deshaun Foot took a charge. Uh, you know, Skylar Lattimore had a, a big three with 10 seconds left. Both starting point guards fouled out. You know, Cinderella story, they said it best, and, I mean, you beat the number one team in the state, and you're looking at the rest of that quadrant. There's nobody really scared. I mean, solid, solid teams, but no, no great teams left. I'm riding that Cinderella story. I have to. I'm picking Cedar Shoals over Northwest Whitfield. I mean, Northwest Whitfield, this is not Northwest Whitfield of old. They're still, you know, a, a solid team, but they're not like 25 and 4 like they usually are coming into the state tournament. So this is uh, a good Northwest Whitfield team, but not a very, very good team as we've seen in the past. So I, I, I had to think Cedar Shoals, if you slay that first dragon, why not go ahead and make it to the Final Four? I think it's very, very doable, and I'm going with Cedar Shoals. Bottom left-hand side, Arabia Mountain just cut up Heritage Katusa, as expected, 71-36. And they played Jefferson, who beat North Clinton, 82-20. A lot of good guards in this one. I think this could be a fast-paced game. Jefferson's going to attack with the press. 
Um, you're looking at Malaysia Jones. She's going to have a, a big responsibility of handling the ball for Arabia Mountain. Um, that's going to be key to limit turnovers against Jefferson. Handle Deshauna Gaither. Handle Libby Blacksaw, Ellie Kinlaw, all these girls that have played so well for Jefferson. Uh, I'm going to go with Jefferson. It's a senior-laden group. I think Arabia Mountain may be a year away. you got Sierra Burns and a couple other really good girls. Maori Pruitt, but the vast majority of that team is – you know, on the younger side, some of their key players are younger. I think Jefferson at Jefferson with how they're able to play defense and how they've come so close in the past and have fallen short. I think they're very laser focused and I think Jefferson wins this one, but I do think it's going to be a good game. I think Jefferson might be able to pull away late, but Arabia Mountain, they do have the talent to compete with Jefferson for a full 32, but I do think the Dragons find a way to advance to the Elite Eight. Bottom left-hand quadrant wrapping it up. Westside Macon took care of Monroe 46-43 in a close game, and now they play Carver-Columbus, who was on a bye. Carver-Columbus, Enishon Jones, Kamaya Edmonds, Kiana Gaines, Demaya Beecham, too big, too good. I think they're set for a deep run. I think they're going to take care of um, they're going to take care of this Westside Macon team, and uh, they're going to do it by 20-plus points. Top right-hand side, North Oconee, 63-31. We mentioned North Oconee being a tough team. Again, Region 8 was a good team, They've or a good region, and they played some good teams, so they've seen a lot. Mount Zion, again, uh, Region 5, didn't play a region tournament, and it came back to bite them. Did not look good against North Oconee. Just good, solid guard play over there. Gets the job done, and they advance. Uh, so now they're going to play Pickens, who uh, apparently it was a big-time Pickens comeback. Apparently there were a lot of fouls called on Stevenson, uh, but Pickens found a way, 62-59. And this really does feel like a toss-up game. I mean, you're looking at Annika Bonds. Um, Callie Jackson had 16 points. Annika Bond had 17 points uh, to lead uh, North Oconee, and Ayanna Peavy had 11 points. I think North Oconee is... I don't know if I'm going to say they're the favorite in this game. I think they very well can win this game. I'm going to stick with my original pick of Pickens just because I I don't want to really flip-flop too much yet. Um, Pickens has, I think they were in the top 10 for a second there throughout the season. They're very balanced, like I said. Uh, As is North Oconee, they're a very balanced scoring team as well. But I think Caroline Mullins is going to have to have a big game along with a couple of other of her teammates. I think Pickens... If they win, they grind it out in a uh, a very close one. But if North Oconee wins, I think North Oconee might win by double digits. But I know, how does that make any sense? But I am going to go with Pickens, home court advantage. You know, sometimes up north, uh, it can be difficult to win at. So I'm going to go with Pickens. Just going to stick with my original pick. Next, Hardaway, 57-50 over Islands to move on to the Sweet 16. There's Cairo, who beat West Lawrence 43-55. Cairo and Hardaway, two teams that have seen each other over the years. I know Hardaway, I think they, what, they eliminated Cairo from the region tournament last year, keeping them from the postseason. So two very familiar programs, Jamia Cobb of Hardaway versus uh, Ambria Vicks of Cairo. I'm going with Cairo. I think it's going to be a really close game. Again, two familiar schools in the same region last year. I'm going with Cairo. They're 14-1, well, 15-1 now. I think this is a good team. I do think Hardaway is pretty tough as well. Hardaway sitting there at 11-4. Not surprised either way, but I do say 
Uh, I do think, the one thing I do know, I think I do know, is that it's going to be a close game. But for me, I'm going to go with Cairo. A lot of seniors on that team. Um, I'm going to go with that team. And to wrap up the bottom of Class 4A, Troop County 80, New Hampshire 38. It was a blowout. Nothing to see here, folks. But Baldwin to be known. Oh, no. 13-0 rolling into the region or the state playoffs. And again, we see another region that did not play a region tournament. And it bites them in the butt, people. So what we learn in Class 4A, you got to play region tournaments if you're at all possible. And, you know, we are all possible to play basketball. Whether, you know, the news tells you you can or not, you can and you, you, you'll you be okay for the most part. But with that being said, do not play in a region tournament. You lose to Bainbridge, who I thought was a tough matchup as far as the Tavia Salter inside. Looks like they were able to handle the press and pressure and got it to Salter. And she had a, a, a good game flirting with a double-double. But a tough loss for Baldwin. Um, and again, Region 4, just looking at what Region 4 did real quick. That, so we, we'll, we'll break it down. Baldwin got beat. Region 4, we have uh, West Lawrence got beat. We had Westside 1. And then uh, Region 4, we had Spalding win. So that region that did not have a region tournament did go 2-2. Two and two, But Baldwin getting beat, that's tough. Now Bainbridge versus Troop. I don't think Bainbridge is going to have enough. Uh, to keep pace with Troop just because, you know, Anaya Palmer, Alexia Murphy, you know, a couple couple guards that at the very least are very athletic and can get up and down for Troop. So I think Troop wins this one. Um, Bainbridge, they might be able to hang around um, for a little while. I just don't know if their guard play is going to be um, capable of keeping up with that length and that speed of Troop. But I'm going to go with Troop. I just think Troop has been the better team all season long. And now, last matchup, McDonough, blown out by Flowery Branch, 59-34. We had Flowery Branch top 10 to open up the season. I don't know what happened. I think they might have had some injuries or some sickness, people in and out of the lineup. And they played very bad this year, but they started to show signs of life when they beat Jefferson, and it gave us a glimmer of hope that Flowery Branch was actually locked inside, going to Mercer, Shania Cruz, uh, a good outside shooter, Bella Brick, can light it up from deep as well. They have pieces over there, and Coach uh, – Newton Gonzalez has always won a lot of games as well. Um, so they're they're peaking at the right time, apparently. McDonough, just a disappointing loss with their big three over there. They're playing Marist, who won 57-24 over Cedartown. I think Marist, I mean, this is these are two familiar teams, right? If I'm not mistaken, as, I, as I'll, I'll try to pull it up uh, very quickly. These two teams were in the same region last year, correct? If I'm not mistaken, and I think these two teams hooked up multiple times. And uh, let's see if we can pull this up real quick. These two teams, uh, let's see. The new Max Preps is terrible, everybody. Maris, let's see what they did against Flowery Branch. They beat Flowery Branch 47-43 in their first meeting last year. They beat them 40-25. to um, So they swept them last year. I think I'm going to go with Marist again, even though I do like Flowery Branch's personnel. But Marist... Just their defense, their by committee approach. It just they just always seem to find ways to win games, and I'm gonna go with Marist. Um, again, Flowery Branch is very dangerous. If they if they gut this one out, it's gonna be a low scoring game. Um, but I think I'm gonna stick with Marist. That's a team I went with to make it to the Elite Eight from the opening opening podcast. Um, so that's where I'm going with. I'm going with Marist to just be a little too stingy defensively. I think they'll have a good game plan for Ashley Locke because they have seen her. 
uh, plenty of times throughout the years, and I'm going with Maris to advance to the Elite Eight. Next up, it is 3A. You know it's my favorite bracket to break down, my favorite classification, and I did all right. I only got one game wrong, so we're, 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 we're doing very well right now. A lot of really good games, and we'll, we'll get right into it. Don't want to waste too much time. Top of the bracket, Tattano County, the one game I got wrong, beat Burke County 57-53 at home. Now they get John Savannah, who had a nice game, 79-46 against Pike County. John Savannah, uh, I like them to win this game. We're talking about uh, some big games coming from Monty Hamilton and Kalia Hankerson, both of them putting up huge numbers in their first-round matchup. I think they're going to do so again, and they will move on to the Elite Eight. Next, mm, I don't know. These are two interesting results here. Definitely interesting results. First, we'll talk about Gilmer, who beat up on Ringgold 67-39. to 39. Pretty surprised there. Ringgold, uh, you know, very well-coached team. I, you know, if they were going to lose, I didn't think they were going to get beat by 28 points. But that is what happened. And then GAC, you know, we're on top of the world. We beat Westminster. You know, I looked at that Westminster box score. Just nothing was falling for Ogden, and they just had a horrible shooting. And then 40-36 to against 8-16 and Oconee County. Not a very convincing win at all. So just when you want to go, I'm all in on GAC. They are back. You get a stinker in the first round, but at this stage of the game, all that matters is survive and advance. So it doesn't matter at all, but... Still, I I, I, I want to think that some of these trends sometimes matter some. So uh, it was a little bit interesting to see this become such a, a, a close game. But GAC pulled it out. And now they are on to the next round against Gilmer. And I don't know what to expect in this game now. Uh, Gilmer's good. Gilmer doesn't have, you know... Phenomenal athletes are terrific individual skill players, but Ellie Callahan is very tough, and if they're able to get her the ball inside, she can score around the rim, but GAC does have rim protectors. Um, Molly Pritchett is big. Uh, you got Lauren Randolph going to Memphis at about 6'2", 6'3". She's long, so you do have some size that could slow down what Gilmer likes to do. Gilmer... Uh, Beth Burnett, a good three-point shooter, can space the floor, can get hot from deep, and they do have Hope Caldwell, solid guard, and a few other pieces here and there. I think GAC, again, with with Kaylee Addy just being the best player on the floor and J.C. Bolton, if she's able to pick up the slack and score some points, I think they're going to be too good for Gilmer. But again, you know, coaching matters. Gilmer has a good game plan, and that, that could come into play here. Um, just stacking them up, you know, man for man, GAC should win, but Gilmer has seen really, really good teams all season long and has played really, really good teams, um, down to the final buzzer and GAC, um, you know, they got the individual town, they could score on some isolation plays here and there. Uh, I don't know if Gilmer has the the defenders to, uh, be on an island and kind of stay with Kaylee Addy, but I'm going to go with GAC, but. I don't know if this is going to be a blood. I don't know if it's going to be close. And I don't know if I'd be surprised if Gilmer pulls it out. But I'm going to go with GAC. Next, we have Koala Creek 64-60 over White County. A game that I was at. 
A lot of whistles, a lot of the same guy blowing the whistle again. Don't know if that's a good thing. Don't know if that's a bad thing. Just don't know. Just don't know. But there are a lot of fouls called. It was a tough game. I mean, it looked like White County um, was in control for a little bit there throughout the game. You had Caitlin um, Richards in foul trouble going to short of the big girl inside for Cole Creek. So she was in foul trouble the entire first half. But when she was on the floor, she was very effective um, for Koala Creek. Uh, back and forth game, really close. It was uh, Emma Turner who just stepped up and hit like four threes for Koala Creek. was great with 28 points. She got to the lane, but it was a three-point shot that really carried him. Colts hit seven threes to beat White County. Uh, I thought Brinkley Kate Reed did her, you know, her traditional, her usual catch on the wing. Ball fake, then slash to the basket. She is a good energy slasher. She came off the bench, I believe, in that game, which kind of surprised me. But, uh, you know, she's a shot in the arm offensively, and she plays super hard. She's a she's a good player at this level. And then Kate Richards, she did finish with 10.7 rebounds and four blocks. Um, but when she gets in foul trouble, that really opened up some things. It opened up some things for White County, and that could open up some things for Stevens County in a big way because um, – Dasha Cannon was just getting to the line at will, getting to the basket at will. She had, I don't know if it was second or third quarter, but she had like 12 points in the quarter, just straight line drive, straight line drive, straight line drive, straight line drive, no one to protect the rim, no one to protect the rim. Layup, layup, layup. She finished with 20 points in her final game. Maddie Futch was tough inside, 14 points, 16 rebounds. Um, you know, she had a block in there as well. Caitlin Gailey scored nine points. Huh, but they found a way, Cola Creek, and, you know, the outside shooting, seven threes, it worked out. And now they're seeing Stevens County, who beat Redan 67-49. Stevens County, again, this is a very good team. I am very scared in this matchup now um, because Stevens County, they do have some pretty good athletes. They're not, like, crazy athletic, but I think Root Verdell, that is a huge one. Renaja Verdell. Um, player of the year, co-player of the year in that region, averaging 16 points, over 10 rebounds per game. I think she is super important. If she wins that battle inside with Caitlin Richards and she's able to you know, navigate and score around the rim against her, her strength, that is something to really keep an eye on right there. Um, I, I don't know. And I'm looking at the rest of that supporting staff as well. They played exceptionally well. Um, Kiara Howard, Bree Taylor, all of them, and you know, it was a balanced scoring attack. Like I feel like it always is with this team. Huh, I'm I'm gonna stick with Cola Creek, uh, but they're going on the road. Stevens County. That's a long trip from home. It's gonna be very very tough. I, you know, I am not surprised one iota uh, if Stevens County wins this game. Uh, I think Cola Creeks. They're gonna have to have a good performance from Kenley Wood. She didn't do a a whole lot in the first round. I worry about her defensively sometimes. She does tend to gamble. She lets her man go by her, and she just, def- you know, she relies on the, the poke away from behind. So if you're a Stevens County uh, guard, if you get past her, you know, it's kind of like that Ole defense, but just know she's coming from the backside to poke it away, and it, she can get a couple steals that way. But if she's unable to get steals that way, that puts the rest of that defense in a really tough position. So that's something to be aware of. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, Renaja Verdell, she's coming off a game, 24 points, 13 rebounds, 5 blocks. Uh, Tanaja Eads had 13 assists. Like, this is a good team, Stevens County. 
I'm going to go with Koala Creek. Um, but I, I think I might be trending in the direction of Stevens County, but I'm going to stay loyal with my pick. I'm going with Koala Creek, but I know they're going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Kate Lynn Richards is going to have to stay on the floor. She's going to have to be effective. She's going to have to make sure uh, Renaja Verdell does not feast inside. Um, I'm going Koala Creek, but I think Stevens County is – they might be a favorite going into this game. I think they – like I said, I think they might be a favorite. I'm not surprised they win this one, but I'm just going to roll at Koala Creek. Uh, and be, for the simple fact that uh, Stevens County, it, it starts with an S, but it is not named Sonoraville. So I think Cola Creek can win and can advance to the Elite Eight, but it is going to be incredibly difficult to do so. Next, we have Morgan County, 37-33 over Brantley County. They will play Upson Lee, who had a bye. Upson Lee may be without a starter. Stay tuned. We'll see if that's a big blow or not. But either way, I think Upson Lee with Shakira LRB going to be too good inside. Tyler Zeller, big physical presence. Shakira Parker shoots a three ball. I like Upson Lee to win this one. And I do like them. I think they should win this game by double digits, but we shall see. Top right-hand side, Westminster 59-45 over Franklin County against Lumpkin County. Beat Rockmart 58-49. Looking at this right now, we're we're looking at a Lumpkin County team that is playing exceptionally well. Their home court advantage is going to be very, very, very big, very important, and um, I think they're going to uh, be in a in a dogfight. I mean, is um, Isabel Davenport at eighteen points in that first round matchup? Um, again, Westminster. What I see here, I think Westminster is athletic. I think they play very good defense. They bring the press. Now, when I watched them play against GAC, they did press, but they didn't come away with a lot of steals. They they can stay in front, but they they're not they didn't turn over GAC. Now that's just one game, but they did not get a lot of steals. And I think Lumpkin County has very good guard play. They're very steady. I think Avery Jones is going to be key in this one to be that second ball hander along with Isabel Davenport. And again, I just worry about. Westminster, one person scoring. Like I said, I looked at that boxer against Westminster and GAC to see what happened. Courtney Ogden didn't have a good game. And if Courtney Ogden doesn't score a lot of points, you're putting a ton of pressure on Stella Chartrand. And that's a lot of pressure to put on a freshman because after she scored 22 points in that first win over GAC, she scored four points the next two games against GAC. And that's not a winning combination, especially when I think Ogden was held to like nine points and their, their loss in the region championship. Um, I think Lumpkin County, they're just going to be deeper. They have more pieces that can score the ball, and I think that's going to hurt Westminster. I think they can shoot the three very, very well. Uh, again, Lumpkin County, they just have to make sure Courtney Ogden does not go absolutely insane, and they got to hope that no one else, you know, catches fire, and that only other person would be still a short trans. So you got two people to game plan for, but I'm running – I'm probably running multiple people at Courtney Ogden uh, if she gets too hot. Got to keep the ball out of her hands. But with that being said, I do think Lumpkin County, they're a deeper team. They're a more balanced team. They have more people that can score the ball. I think Lumpkin County wins this one. And I think Westminster is going to challenge them. But I do think this is, you know, Lumpkin County just saw a team like this in Rockmart, who is a one-man team that has a girl that can get hot from three. 
Now, I think Stella Chartrain is better than Megan Little as far as her diversity of scoring. I think Courtney Ogden can pose a little bit more issues with her size and overall skill. But both of them, at the end of the day, Courtney Ogden and Kiara Barrett, two superstars in Class 3A. So Lumpkin County has just seen a team that is a similar build as far as two people scoring the ball and the rest aren't major factors. But Westminster's supporting catch, much better than what Rockmart had. But again, with that being said, I'm going with Lumpkin County. Just too deep and too good of an outside shooting team. I think they will handle Westminster's pressure defense or full court press if they bring it, and they can get some open looks getting towards the basket. Next, we have Jackson 47 45 over Liberty County versus Peace, uh, Pierce, Pierce County 64 36 over Hepsiva. I'm going to continue to roll with Pierce County. I think this is a sleeper team, a sneaky good team out of Region 1. Natalie Heron and company. I like them to get past Jackson, Gabby, Carton, Jenna. Um, this will be an interesting matchup for Pierce because Pierce is going to be seeing one of the, again, one of the best players in the classification. They don't see too many superstars, and you're dealing with one that averages like 28 and 10. Um, I think Pierce, again, kind of like Lumpkin County, more balanced. And I think Pierce County wins this one, plus it's going to be a bit of a drive. Um, but I am going to go with the Bears to advance to the Elite Eight. Next, America Sumter 48-28 over Southeast Bullock versus Cross Creek 64-21 over Appling County. And I think Cross Creek is going to roll again. America Sumter, the defending state champs. I just think Cross Creek's going to be too tough. They're too tough um, with with that, uh, you know, Dorsey. Jordan Dorsey's really good. I think she's going to cause a lot of issues. And I just think... Cross Creek, they're they're built for a deep run. America Sumter is going to be able to play some good defense and get a little gritty and have that championship DNA. But I think Cross Creek is in line for a special year, and I have them advancing to the next round. Next, we have Sandy Creek, 48-41 over East Jackson with that size inside versus Sonoraville, 69-48 over North Hall. I think Sonoraville wins this one. I think they shoot way too well from the perimeter. I think their guard play is going to share the ball. They have very good ball movement. I think Alexa Geary is going to be key. Now, Ariel Belinga, she can shut down the lane with her size inside for Sandy Creek, and Sandy Creek does have a couple other pieces. Janiah Hodges at the guard position really makes them go, but I think Sonoraville is going to be too balanced, too good of an outside shooting team. They're playing at the furnace. I think Alexa Geary is that good of an inside-out threat, and they have length. you got Abby Chambers going to be knocking down shot, Lindsey Bowman, Maddie Parker. The list goes on and on. Um, we got some size inside that can bang and uh, you know get in the way of Ariel Belinga and you know kind of rough it up. So I like Sonoraville in this one. I just think they're too balanced, and they've been too good the entire season. We will shift it down to class 2A, 2A, and 2A. So let's take a look here. Laney, 53-46 over Thomasville in that first round. Uh, Closer than expected, but I've been saying all year long, and Laney wants to yell at me, and they could still make a deep run, but Laney's saying we're going to win the region championship still. They did not win the region championship. We're still the best team in Augusta. They're not the best team in Augusta. They barely beat Thomasville. Now they have a matchup with Washington County, who beat Toombs 75-45. These two teams have played really close matchups before already this season. We already touched on that earlier in the year, that Waco um, was able to pick up a 64-45 win, and then in their rematch, 
Um, Waco 160, 157. So they close the gap there. This game's going to be at Washington County. It's going to make it tough. I think Washington County's better. I think Miracle Parker is good. I think Ashley Gray is good. I think they're just better than Laney this year. And I got Waco advancing to the Elite Eight. Next, we have Chattooga, who blew past Pace Academy, 62-29, versus Callaway, 72-45 over Union County. Uh, interesting game. Callaway going to have some athletes and speed to match up with Chattooga. Gabrielle Johnson, I believe her name is, uh, a good guard that can put the ball in the basket, a little undersized, but um, she does score the ball a lot for this Callaway team. Uh, Chattooga, I'm, again, I'm, I'm relying on Faith Ann Foster. I'm relying on... Uh, Micaiah Parrish, the sophomore, I'm relying on those two girls. It's going to be at Callaway, but I think Chattooga, I just think it, they're coming from a little bit of a, a better region maybe, and they've seen some better teams throughout the year. So I'm going with Chattooga, but I think it could be a close game. Next, this was an upset, folks. South Atlanta, 31-29 over Dade County. And you look at the rest of that region, six, how they fared. We just said Chattooga beat up Pace, 62-29. Um... Lovett was blown out by Fannin, 65-47. And then the other region, uh, what are we talking here? Region 6 team. Um, we had Columbia. They did beat Gordon Central, but only 51-38. What? Anyway, but that was a bad loss for Dade. I'm very surprised. South Atlanta, good for them. Getting over that hump, getting a nice win. Um, South Atlanta has been led this year by Brianna Anderson. Uh, she's had a good season. Mia Davis as well, leading that team. Now they run into Elbert County, who beat Temple 52-14. And I think Elbert's just going to be way too good. They're not going to get upset by a South Atlanta team like this. Janiah, um, goodness gracious, um, Anaya Allen, pardon me, is good. Terrace Hester's a solid little guard. I mean, they're, they don't have a lot of size, but all these guards play so well together. All these sophomores, I just think Albert County's just going to handle their business, and they're going to keep on rolling to the next round. Next up, Josie beat Fitzgerald 70-49, to and they will play East Lawrence, who beat Northeast Macon 52-39. I have East Lawrence winning this game. Um... East Lawrence, we, we talked about Christian Hubbard and Akira Hamilton, two good players. Uh, Josie Kishana Brown's got to really step it up. Uh, Deja Huck, a couple other girls. Um, I'm sticking with my original pick of East Lawrence, banking on the fact that it's going to be a little bit of a drive. East Lawrence has been solid this year. They've, they've beaten some good teams. He beat Woodville Tompkins numerous times this year, who we do think is a solid group. Uh, I'm going to go with East Lawrence, but you never know. Josie, they... They have the talent to get this job done, um, but I'm going to go with East Lawrence. I just feel like they've been the better team or the more consistent team throughout the year, even though Josie has seen probably a little bit better town, especially outside of the region. Top right-hand side, we had Heard County beat Banks 49-42. Now they will deal with Fannin County 65-47 over Lovett. Fannin County, Rebecca Ledford, I think they're just going to be a well-rounded team. Courtney Davis, very good shooter. I think they're going to be able to handle Boykin, the freshman over there at Heard County. I think Fannin County, again, has seen some better teams. I think Heard County, that was a nice win over Banks. I like that. But now you're heading to Fannin. It's going to be tough. Um, I'm going to go with Fannin County, a guard-led team that can get after you defensively. Next, this was an upset. Swainsboro entered 10-9. and They beat 17-5 and Lamar County. And again, Lamar County, they just... I don't I don't know what it is with this team. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what happened last year too, just to 
make sure I'm not speaking out of my butt here, but Lamar County always has a good record, and then they just can't do anything in the state playoffs, and it happened again. I mean, they beat Dade by two last year, and then they got beat by Washington County, which, you know, they were an underdog, but gosh, to lose in the first round this year, that's unacceptable for Lamar County. You 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 have talent. I don't know what the issue is. They lose 51-48 to Swainsboro. I know Swainsboro had a, a couple nice results here and there throughout the season. They played some some teams pretty close and it, you know, got over the hump here and there sometimes, but disappointing overall for Lamar County. I just I, I don't understand it. I don't know what happened in that game, but they lose to Swainsboro 51-48. I think that opens things up for Early County, who they did not super impress against Putnam County 61-54, but Putnam was a sneaky decent team at 10 and 11 at at the 4 seed, but I think Early County Michaela Timpson, Jordan Eford. I just think they're going to be too much. I just don't know how Swainsboro is going to defend Michaela Timpson. I think she's hell-bent on getting back to the state championship and finally getting the job done this year. So I'm going with Early County. Next, we have Woodville Tompkins beat Dodge 48-36. And now they play Butler, who was 47-37 over Berrien. Again, I'm going to go with my original pick of Woodville Tompkins here. Butler... You know, only a 10-point win over Barry, and I want to see a little bit more impressive. But again, you know, these scores in the first round, they don't matter. But uh, I would have liked to kind of see them impose their will a little bit more. But I do think Woodville Tompkins, a team that, what, didn't we say they beat both Beach and Johnson this year? I mean, that's that's impressive in its own right. I think Butler has had a really good season out of Augusta. But I think that season comes to an end, even though Savannah, Woodville uh, Tompkins out of Savannah will be on the road heading to Augusta. But I just feel like this Woodville team, they've been good this year. They've had some good wins. I think they have some size inside that can cause some problems. But as does Butler. Um, but I'm going to go with Woodville. I'm just going to stick with my original pick here. Next, Raven County, who we said was going to beat up on Harrelson County. Harrelson County just has an inflated record, did not play anyone good this year, not a lot of quality wins, if any at all. They lose 71-38 to Rabin, who now plays Columbia, 51-38 over Gordon Central, who did not have Mercedes Coleman this entire year for the most part. I don't know what happened in that game. I thought Columbia, this is a game that they should win by about 25-30 points. Uh, I don't know. Uh, With India Terrell, I thought she would have a field day, but now... Uh, I don't know, and they do have Rabin County at home, but you know Rabin County is a very well-coached team. They've seen Elbert County three times. They've lost thrice, but I just think Ellie Southards and Lucy Hood, those are really good guards. They're going to be able to match whatever uh, India Terrell throws at them. Terrell's going to have to go for a big game, but I just think Rabin County is a lot deeper with Gracie Deeds and so on and so forth, Sophie Woodard. Um, I just think they're a better team and a deeper team. And Rabin County has been there, done that before. Columbia has not. And I'm going with Rabin County to make it to the Elite Eight. So now it is time for Class A Private. What do we have in Class A Private here? Oh, boy. Um, looks like a perfect bracket. From yours truly, thank goodness. I finally got something right. Again, Class A Private, it feels like you kind of have a a good idea of what's going to happen for the most part, but you kind of never know till it tips off. But perfect bracket in our prediction podcast, and let's try and do it again. We have Stratford, who advanced via forfeit. 
They will play Savannah Country Day, who advanced via forfeit, COVID, by all this stuff. So, uh, whatever, whatever. But Stratford versus Savannah Country Day. I went with Savannah Country Day in my initial pick here. Um, you know, coming off that big win over Calvary Day. I know they haven't played in a few days. I think that momentum might be able to roll on over into Stratford. And Stratford, as we mentioned, good team, but definitely not as good as what they've been in the past. Harmon Nagel, Carolyn Sutherland leading that team, but I do think Savannah Country Day. Um, I think they're ready to get to the next round, and I got them advancing. Next up, Christian Heritage 56-51 over Mount Pisgah versus Hebron Christian 83-12 over George Washington. It's a nice win for Christian Heritage. I love Faith Humphrey and how she plays, and Hattie Chambliss is solid around the rim and you know, a little bit of inside out, but Hebron Christian will blow the doors off them. Again, another game that we're talking probably about 40-50 plus if they want it to be. Um, Hebron Christian advances. Next up, Darlington 40-37 over Fellowship Christian. Now they get Galloway, the four seed that pummeled the one seed out of Region 8, Athens Academy. And again, as expected, Region 5 swept poor old Region 8, who had some nice teams this year that was fodder for the bottom of the pole, but it was just not the right region to match up with. Uh, region 5 is going to sweep all the time. And uh, I think Galway is going to beat Darlington. Much better guard play with Tiana Thompson. Um... Allison Hoffman, so on and so forth. Jada Rice back. You know, Kayla Kane is a wing-type player. Darlington's going to have Emmeline Ratledge and J.J. John- Johnson inside. I have some size, but their guard play is just not going to be good enough for Galloway. So Galloway, Scott's advance. Brookstone, 60-32 over Mount DeSales. They play Green Forest, who annihilated St. Vincent's 85-35. It will be Green Force that wins this one. Taylor Williams, really good game for Brookstone, but she's just not going to get enough help whatsoever to deal with this this length of Green Force. And I don't know. I think we're ready to see Green Force make a deep run. Like this could be the year Green Force makes it to the Final Four. I think it's very, 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 very possible that this is the year that it does happen. Um, but again, I'm going to go with Green Force. I think they're definitely going to handle their business. Aneza Joyce Sifa had 31 points in this first round game. And, you know, just check the stats. Everyone had a 10, 11 points, 10, 12 points. It's, you know, it's all balanced. So Green Force wins going away. Um, top right hand side, Holy Innocent 68 29 over Prince Avenue. Mount Perrin 72 15 over Lakeview. And this is a big one. This is a state championship quality caliber matchup. Mount Perrin has a lot of revenge on their mind. I know they were just currently ranked, well, not currently ranked, but. At the time, uh, they were ranked, I think they were ranked number one when it happened. They ran into the buzzsaw of Holy Innocence. Holy Innocence had played like no games. <laughs> they played like five games at the time they, they played Mount Perrin. And they just beat the brakes off of Mount Perrin, 64-34. Now, I don't think Holy Innocence is 30 points better than Mount Perrin. I'm sorry. Kara Dunn is way too good. I, I think Kara Dunn and Kaylin Kirkland, they're going to have to play physical. They're going to have to do well inside against that, well, that physicality of Holy Innocence. The Subtle Sisters, Olivia Hutcherson, um, and then the guard play, you know, Caitlin Dunning. She's going to have to be up to the task uh, going up against Naja Reeves and Ciara Foster. Um, there's a lot out there. I think Sham Jennings, I think for her, 
at Mount Perrin. She's got to she's got to impact this game defensively and rebound, and getting some steals. She's got to do some do some stuff for Coach Dunn. I think it's heavy lifting. It's tough. I think Mount Perrin's a very good team, um, but again, it's it's all Kara Dunn. Uh, I mean, she has good teammates around her, but if she has a bad game, they have zero chance whatsoever to beat Holy Innocence. Now, if she has one of her typical games where she gives you 24 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and three steals, yes, you have a chance. But I just think it's going to be very difficult. I mean, Kara Dunn, she was held to 14 points on 13 shots in their first meeting. Uh, Caitlin Dunning only gave them two points. So I think you can only go up from there. But both players had seven turnovers. I think Holy Innocence is going to get after him. I think Holy Innocence, um, a little bit deeper as far as their starting five goes. I think they're a team that's, of course, um, battle-tested, and they've won state championships, and they're going to try and win. Uh, looks like they're going to try and win another. What would this be? Would this be their their, st- their third title in a row, if I'm not, mis- um, not mistaken? Uh, yeah, this would be their third in a row, and we're talking about a Holy Innocence team. After they lost Jill Hollingshed, I thought they would take a step back, but they just all are good, solid players. They don't have any like freakish phenoms anymore, but they're all really, really good. They play at a high level all throughout the year, and I think they're just going to have a little bit too much for Mount Perrin. Next, Calvary Day, 87-53. Dispatched of Landmark Christian. Now they get Deerfield. Windsor, 55-13 winner over St. Anne Pacelli, a team that really struggles to score the ball. Um... I'm going with Calvary Day here with how well they played. I think that's very impressive. Um, You're talking about a team that really uh, beat up on Landmark. I mean, Landmark Christian has had some pretty good results this year. You know, played some good teams really, really close and beat a couple teams here and there. But uh, Hannah Kale dumped in 28 points. Michaela Primo, 26. Caden Fleming, 16. Navia Hamilton, 11. Um, great first round game from Calvary Day. They look refocused after that that loss to Savannah Country Day, and I think they're going to be in good shape against um, this Deerfield Windsor team. I just don't think Deerfield Windsor has seen a lot of great talent throughout the year. Region one kind of weak. Margaret Sadler, Joy Hubbard, going to lead the team, but uh, Calvary Day is a big step up from St. Ampicelli, and I do like Calvary Day to go on the road and get the job done over at. Deerfield in that Albany type area. Next up, Elka, 66-46 winner over Savannah Christian. They played Trinity Christian, 77-36 over, looks like, First Presbyterian Day. And I think uh, we have a rematch here, everybody. We do have a rematch here. Let me pull it up, uh, pull up the score for you. It was a low-scoring game in their first meeting, if I am not mistaken. Uh, Trinity Christian has been playing better and better basketball as the season has gone on. Well, um, you know, I don't want to – they've played better teams, but I, I guess if we do want to keep it 100, as we do on this podcast, as the kids say, uh, Trinity Christian is starting to play better basketball. They have been throughout the stretch, and Eagles Landing Christian has started to play not as good basketball. Now, during that stretch where they started to not play as good basketball, they have played some tough teams. They did lose a landmark Christian, who we did just mention a second ago. Um, but they lost to some good teams. So I just think Elka's schedule did get a little bit tougher. But Trinity Christian, 
five-game winning streak. Um, they had that loss to Elk in there, which was a 37-29 loss, which I, you know, I think that's important. But you wipe away that loss, you know, they won, what, got seven out of their last eight games. Um, Eagles Landing Christian Academy, they lost to Green Force 60-36 in the region championship before scoring this 20-point win. Um, I'm going with Elka here with all that even being said. I just think they have a little bit more options, a little bit more. Um, they have more options <laughs> to score the ball is what I'm trying to uh, bungle the words and get out here. I think they have more options to score the ball, uh, which will make it tough on Trinity Christian. I know um, <sighs> this is a good team, a, a good team that plays good defense, but I think they're going to have a lot on Anna Danesh. I think I got that one right. Thank you, Coach Daniels. Um, I think they have enough to get past them. Uh, Kesslin Oxidine, Megan Darden, the rebounder. I just think Jalissa Dunlap is really, really good, and Martina Redzika. I just think there's a couple more options to pull from. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I do think Elka survives. But I do think Trinity Christian is playing very good basketball right now. Wouldn't be surprised if they get the job done. They do have them at home. But I am going with Elka to make it to the Elite Eight. And lastly, we have Wesleyan versus St. Francis. Wesleyan 63-42 over Tallulah Falls. And then St. Francis, they were in like a dogfight for the longest time with North Cobb Christian. And I was just like, what is going on here? They did pull away and score a 68-41 win. But if the uh, NFHS and my reports were correct, it was... Uh, it was a very close game for longer than I expected, and that kind of freaked me out. Um, but I think in this matchup, Erica Moon and Maya Moore, uh, Mia Moore going you know, to Mississippi State, I think those guards are just a little more experienced in chit-chat riding. Eva Garabadian, uh, I think Weston has that size inside with Alyssa Phillip that can can bang bodies and score around the rim, but... Uh, Trenise Taylor is a another big body for St. Francis. They got a couple they can throw at them. I think St. Francis is just going to be a little bit better. I think it's going to be a real close game, but I think St. Francis, uh, deeper team, Morgan Harper as well. Uh, I think they're just a little bit more experienced, and they do have two star guards in the backcourt against two freshmen of Wesley, and I think that's going to be a deciding factor here. To wrap up the podcast, let's go with A Public. And A Public uh, did not treat me well. I got four games wrong here. And the first game I got wrong was Pelham beating Wilcox County 50-45. to Now they get ECI 71-57 winners over Charlton County. Again, I'm going with ECI. They have a Division I player in Princess Harden going to Kennesaw State. They have not lost a single game since she has come back to the team. 13 straight wins. Pelham, I don't think they're going to be able to get the job done at ECI. You add in the Turry Smith with Princess Harden, I think that you have a good Bulldog team that is ready to make it to the Elite Eight. Next, we have an interesting one. Um, I guess we found out that Region 7 is not very good whatsoever. Uh, and We'll see that Mount Zion Carrollton beat the brakes off of Hancock Central 62 to 34. And quickly, I just want to tell you why I said, uh, yeah, Region 7's bad. Tryon beat Wilkinson 62 21. GMC, who we thought was going to be perfect in that region, which they did, but it took them overtime to beat Bowden by two points. And then Ace 
Got beat up by Armurchi, 57-35. So Region 7, bad basketball over there. Mount Zion beat the heck out of them. And now they're playing Greenville, who won 60-32 to over Greene County. I think Greenville is good. I think they are good with the Leslie girls um, and Purdue and all these gals I got over there. So I'm going with Greenville. I think they win by double digits. I think Mount Zion, a good effort to get to the Sweet 16. Jordan Kirbo is going to have to have a great game, but I do think Greenville, they are good. They are a better team. They are undefeated. They're 13-0. They have played some pretty decent teams at the Class A level, and I think they are going to beat the three seed out of Region 6. Bottom left-hand side, Tryon, who we mentioned, beat the heck out of Wilkinson County. Now they get Lake Oconee Academy, who won 68-19 over Macon County. This is going to be an interesting game. I know both these teams are going to be very, very well coached. Coach Chantry versus Coach Furtado, two well-coached teams. Destiny McClendon going to UTC, best player on the floor for Lake Oconee. I know um, LOA, they got the ball inside with... Uh, Piper Bozart, she had a big game against Macon County. Tryon is, they're a good team. Isaiah McCutcheons, I like her. Um, you also have uh, Chloe Murdoch, who was the region player of the year. I think she is a, a, a solid player that you can go to war with, a physical guard that can bomb away from the outside. Um, Tryon does have some pieces here. I, I, I liked what I saw from... A couple other players, you know, Jenna Mosley was an honorable mention pick. Summer Vaughn's a pretty athletic guard type. But I think Lake Oconee, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I feel like Tryon has seen better teams than Lake Oconee has. Not by a whole lot, but I think they've had some, some better opponents here and there. I think it's going to be a close game. I think LOA with the best player on the floor, I, I think that's going to be enough for them. Uh, but I am interested to see if, if Lake Oconee Academy, if they win this game by 15, 20 points, double digits, okay, this is going to legitly stamp them as a state championship contender. But if this is a you know a single-digit game, goes down to the wire, um, I think we're going to know that Class A public might be a little bit more open than we, we first suspected. But I do like LOA to advance to the next round. Next up, Montgomery County, 70-47 over Terrell County. They will play Clinch, who beat Jenkins County 70-38. I'm going with Clinch. I think they're going to be able to, uh, you know, Bell is going to get her points for Montgomery, but I think Clinch uh, with Angel McCray, very athletic, and uh, Zahia Johnson, really good as well at the guard position. I think those two and how they press and get after you, I think they're going to speed up Montgomery, and I think Clinch is going to win. This is a team that's been in the Final Four, that's been in the Elite Eight. Been there, done that before. Now these girls are seniors. I think it's time for Clinch to get over the hump and get to the mountaintop. So I like them advancing to the Elite Eight. Top right-hand side, Towns County beat Central Talbotton 45-37. Interesting result there. Interesting result. Kennedy Henson, good player. Helps her team get to the next round. And then Bowden almost beating GMC 54-52 in overtime. Um... Scary result for GMC. I would have to assume Tanisha Kirk was a major issue inside for GMC, but DeAndrea Stevens, uh, Daisha Stevens, they, you know, they took over down the stretch. I know DeAndrea did. Uh, I like GMC in this next round. Even though it was scary, I had to go with my gut. GMC has been a good team. They have a lot back from last year. I think GMC wins and makes it 
to the next round, riding the Stevens girls. Next up, Brooks, 56-55 over Claxton. Now they get Calhoun, 64-32 over Telfair. Going with Calhoun County. All those girls are back from last year. Again, Takiya Davis, USC upset about 6-2 shot walker. Anchors them inside, triple-double threat at this level. I think she anchors Calhoun County, gets the Cougars into the Elite Eight. Now bottom right-hand side, Turner County, 61-42 over Screbin. Now they play Dublin, who won 63-23 over Seminole. Dublin continues to roll. Um, Brianna McRae, she's she's a solid player. She's about 5'10". She's a slasher to the basket. Saw her play last year when they were a team that did not have a good record whatsoever when they were up in, what, Class 2A, I believe. And now they dropped down one classification. They're just world beaters. Um, I think Turner County, I I think they're running into something here, you know. This is a team that has a lot of girls that score the ball. I know it's just three girls that do all the scoring, so their their offensive numbers are, you know, I guess you could say they're a little bit inflated, but they've seen some fairly decent teams throughout the year. But between that that three man crew of um, Yakia Temple averaging twenty points, uh, you got Tahia Burgess um, averaging thirteen, Takia Burgess thirteen point or eighteen points, and then Jalisa Office. Close to 17 points per game. Those big three versus Dublin. Dublin really going to be riding Brianna McRae in this one. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot around her to help score the ball. They've been good all season long. Um, McRae's averaging 20 points per game, but below her it drops to eight points with Chariana Wilburn. And then right after that, you're you're in the four-point-per-game projectile range. So it's... It's one girl that scores a lot versus three girls that score a lot. But on the team with the one girl that scores a lot, everyone else gives you at least like four points. But outside of Turner County, it's those th- two, uh, those three girls scoring about 60 a game, and then everyone else giving you maybe 10 points top. So uh, I'm. with that being said, I am going with Turner County, a two seed, which so I guess this would be an upset over Dublin. But I'm going with Turner County. I think they have more firepower. They have three girls that score the ball compared to just one from Dublin. I think that can add up in the long run, and I think they put an end to Dublin's dream season. And lastly, to finish up a public 48-46, Commerce beats Taylor County, and now they see Armucci 57-35 winners over Ace. Again, I think this could be a really good game because I like Commerce heading into the season. Again, a team that was on my short list of making it to the top 10 with Brianna Sanders, who I had as a preseason all-state pick. I like this team. I think this is a pretty solid team. Uh, she gets help from Maggie Mullis and, you know, a slew of other girls. Honorable mention Carson Hobbs, Emma Davis, Sarah Webb, so on and so forth against Armucci. And I like this Armucci team. I've seen them play twice. They play hard. Julia Williams flies all over the floor. Good slasher. I like her. Chloe Purdy hits some big, big, big shots in the region championship. Bailey Tomlin's more of a defensive-minded player, but she can hit some shots. And I like Olivia Moses inside. She's quality uh, Class A public post, about 5'8", 5'9", but can score inside and rebound. I like Armucci in this one. I think they're going to get past Commerce. They're playing at home. They're going to have great home court advantage. And I just like how hard they play, consistently play. And they're playing a Commerce team, which is going to be, you know, like, might be kind of similar to like a try-on, uh, but I'm going with Armucci. I think they just have more weapons, and I have the Indians advancing to the Elite Eight. And people, that's every single game in the Elite Eight. 
Well, not the Elite Eight, but the Sweet 16. Every single game in the Sweet 16 previewed and predicted as usual. That's a lot of games. Follow along at KyleSandy355 throughout the postseason. I am updating scores live on SandySpiel.com as games go final. A lot going on. Have all state teams will come out at the conclusion of the season. So everybody, want to see you in the gym. Get out, support your local athletes, and wear a mask to make sure we continue to play. And um, lastly, big news, the bottom of the bracket won the quarterfinal coin flip, the universal coin flip. They will flip again for semifinals. But the bottom of the bracket did win the GHSA universal coin flip. So if we have like seeds, one seed versus one seed in the uh, the Elite Eight, um, that bottom team on the bracket, the bottom team on the bracket will get home court advantage. So everybody, thank you for listening. If you did tune in, that is every single game. Uh, previewed and predicted a lot of good stuff. Hopefully I don't completely mess up and botch all this stuff. Remember I did hit on 90% of my girls picks in the first podcast, but this is where it gets very difficult. So again, thank you for listening and we will speak to you soon.